Hi, this is Amanda Shule from 12 Monkeys, and you are listening to TV Times 3. We sit glued to the TV set all night, and every night, why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of... Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 270. On this episode, we've got some renewal news, and then we'll be talking about the series premieres of The Comedians and Daredevil, the fifth season premiere of Game of Thrones, the first season finale of 12 Monkeys, and then a recent episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Plus, we've got some TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 270. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Kyle Nolan of NoReruns.net. And I'm listener Carl. <laughs> yes. Thank you for joining us, Carl. Uh, yes. Uh, what is it? Uh, longtime listener, first time podcaster? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I used that I had to get on if I had any issues that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So. so I'm an advocate for airing stuff out of order. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I know that's one of your hot button topics. <laughs> yeah, so nicely done. Thanks. All right. Well, so this being Carl's first time on the podcast, we always try and find out a little bit more about their TV. You know what got them into watching TV, and uh, so in this case, Carl, what uh, what are some of the shows that, whenever it was back as a kid, or or whenever you really end up getting hooked on TV, uh, what were some of the shows that got you hooked? And then uh, what is it that got you hooked on wa- listening to uh, so many different TV podcasts? Yeah. Oh, the first show that I can really remember, as an adult anyway, as a kid, it was called Kind of a Blur. But um, <laughs> Lost is the first one that I really um, didn't just watch passively. I would download you know maps of all the different dharma stations and that kind of got me hooked on podcasts a little bit too i would listen to a podcast from the showrunners so that one really and you know the mysteries week to week and that spiraled into shows similar like fringe and almost human some of those kind of serialized genre shows it also kind of led me to do um, – I don't do any blogging. I wrote one review of Longmire season one. I don't think that qualifies me as a blogger. <laughs> <laughs> but you do lots of creative uh, posters and stuff I see fly across Twitter. Yeah, I love to do the fan campaigns, and that's kind of a different way to participate in TV, I guess. The The first one was for Fringe, trying to get extended seasons of Fringe. And we did get a couple more. That was started in season three, and we got a couple season extensions. And then the last season, I'm not sure it was worth it. But (laughs) (laughs) Enlisted is the one that broke my heart. Enlisted was the one I was actually connected with the creators of the show. Um, And we really were campaigning hard for that one to get a second season. And for whatever reason, the financials didn't work out at either Fox or Yahoo Screen. But Yeah, that one, that was too bad. That was... uh... That was a really nice little show. Yep. It had a lot of heart, but also had a lot of laughs to go with it, which is a nice, you know, one of those things I like for my comedies to actually find them funny. And I think that's true of a lot of shows now. They're seeing the power of social media. So that like all the cast from Enlisted and the creators would get on and, 
even when it was off the air, we would have live tweets of just stuff that we would all get on and watch at the same time. So that's all been fun. So that's me. All right. Well, uh, thank you again for for joining us. And uh, we'll jump into the news. Uh, first up, Fox has renewed uh, The Last Man on Earth for a second season. Either of you watch been watching The uh, Last Man on Earth? Oh, I love it. I think it's I think it's so good. Like it's just so awkward and painful to watch, but in a really really good way. <laughs> I watched the first couple and it was almost too awkward for me. The main character was just so unlikable. Oh, he became so 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 unlikable. Yeah, but if you think yeah. he was unlikable in the first couple, oh man. Once a couple of people showed up. <laughs> I did Although, do the Kyle trick of watching it at like two times speed or one and a half speed. He, beca- so. he becomes less he becomes less annoying faster. Although <laughs> no, he's he's uh he's actually I, I don't know, after the last night it looks like maybe they're turning him around and making him a better guy, but we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah, I did resample it when I saw the show notes that it was part of the news, and I saw I saw that part, but I don't believe him. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the thing is, over the last, well, the, like the last three weeks, but that's six episodes, they've gone to this place where he gets extra terrible, and then they, and it's one of those that in the like the last thirty seconds they have him do something that that makes him seem like oh he's not that bad a guy. And then in the very next episode, he's doing something almost worse than he was doing in the previous one. And then they they bring it back. And then again, in this last couple episodes, he does it again where, you know, he finds a couple more people and then doesn't tell doesn't tell them about the other people that he already knows. He tries to keep them to himself and uh, and things go badly for him. Uh, And then at the end of the second episode, they they had him sort of finally come clean that he's a liar and sort of goes off on his way. And, but I, I have no trust that there'll actually be any change and that, that in the next episode, he won't be just completely terrible again. But see, I don't, I don't, while I'd like him to change and be nice, I find it so fun to watch him be a horrible, horrible human. I don't know. I I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't like it. It's just, uh, it's so much of it's not, to me, so much of it's not funny, and then it's you know, and then it all starts revolving around somebody that you just want to like punch in the face, and I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, like I said, not what I want for my comedies. To to at the end of it go, well, I didn't laugh, and gotta hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a. It does make me feel better about myself a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Next up. Uh, Hallmark Channel has uh, renewed The Good Witch for a second season, uh, so that'll be that'll be back. Haven't watched any of season one or any of the preceding however many it was TV movies, but if you've been enjoying that, there's going to be more. But on the front of things that I do watch, uh, HBO announced uh, today that they've renewed Silicon Valley for a third season and Veep for a fifth, and... Uh, I really like Silicon Valley. I think that show is uh, is hilarious, and Veep is uh, Veep is really good too. Although I'm interested in two things with that storyline is right now she's the president running for president. Uh, you know she's the interim president and she's running for president. 
I'm wondering how long can you go in that in that vein where it's still like she's still sort of veep, you know, but like uh, pretty soon she, if she actually were to win the election, she would be the president and still be called veep and that'd be weird. But it would be called prez. <laughs> <laughs> or they just switch perspective to whoever she she brought on as her veep. Beep uh, the next generation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, is it like if she loses the election, and then is she going to become someone else's Veep? <laughs> like, which seems weird. You were president, and now you're Veep again. Well, it just... <laughs> I, I, I guess the I guess the story could go that the same the same thing that happened to her the first time, which is where we began the story, was that yeah. she lost in the primary, and I guess that's really where they're at in the stage is. Is she could potentially lose in the primary, but then that would mean uh, whatever the guy uh, Chung or whatever who's running, who's one of the other people, Democrats or whatever that's running, would bring her on to sort of unite the party, and she'd be end up back in the. So you have the current sitting president <laughs> running as vice president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although this show can pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, next up, uh, Pivot has renewed Fortitude for a second season. I still have three episodes left of season one to watch. <laughs> and we have 12 episodes left of season one, so. Yeah. On the other side, it's it's they, they're not recorded in HD, so they're not really taking up a whole lot of space. <laughs> I, see, I won't watch it unless it's in HD. That's another of my hot button issues. The Blu-ray comes out in like a week or two, so I've been waiting for it to uh, to watch this show. Oh, really? I see. I waited for the on-demand to show up, but then I sort of lost track of it because it it took two or three weeks for the HD versions to show up on demand. So I watched three or four, and I'll probably go back and binge watch it once it's all done. Yeah, that's that's annoying when things. Uh, I hate when they don't have the actual channel in HD, but then the stuff shows up in HD on demand, but I also hate when stuff shows up on demand, but not, not even at like, I mean, some things might wait till the end of a week or whatever, or, or something, or, you know, the next day or, uh, but when it's two or three weeks and you're still like, why is this, <laughs> why is this not out? And then all of a sudden there, it, uh, I, I really don't understand the different deals that people <laughs> make in this. Everything should just be in HD. That should be like a government thing that they just make happen. I'm just still shocked that there's still SD channels. It makes no sense. Why? Yep. Especially for something like Fortitude, where the scenery is so beautiful and it just looks bleh in SD. It's, it's, a, it's the same thing with like we were talking about it last week with TV Land, where you're just like, why? <laughs> TV Land has been around for a really long time. They've even had their own programming for uh, a while. I know that a lot of what they were basing it off was old sitcoms and stuff like that, but still, uh, you could still put that in, in HD, and uh, even if an old show shows up just in the middle of my screen, I'm fine with that. As long as the new stuff, I don't have to watch it. It's not right. in some weird squished format or something like that trying to get onto the screen. And then lastly, uh, Sci-Fi has renewed a face-off for uh, a ninth season. Is that what it is? Ninth season? Yep, ninth season. I'm excited for it to come back. I, I'm still watching. I've never watched that one. That's at least one of the shows uh, 
that I sort of get, you know, like <laughs> I get the reality competition on sci-fi of having people build these different characters and, you know, the different makeup jobs and stuff like that. At least that, at least that fits. And then I, I, on that side of things, uh, the reality competition shows, that's just the new game show. It, at least it's not like uh, we put, a, a, like, we're just following some people around that are sort of real people. <laughs> yeah. And they're they're in sort of real situations and and we're filming it and editing it into something that some people find entertaining. So you're saying you're not keeping up with the uh Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to name any names, Kyle, but <laughs> hopefully they but, don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> but no, I'm like what? Like 30 seasons behind on the Kardashians or whatever however far they are into that show. All right, that'll do it for the news, and we'll uh, jump into the uh, primetime segment. Uh, as mentioned in the opening, we've got five shows uh, to talk about this week. All sort of genre-based, except for the second one. <laughs> Comedians, not really uh, not really in that, uh, that format. But uh, we'll start out with the Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Season 2, Episode 16, Afterlife. We'll start with you, Carl. I think you said that at some point you had uh, sort of given up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but then for whatever reason decided to catch back up again. And uh, so are you viewing that as a good decision <laughs> at this point? Or are you enjoying it? What do you think about uh, where we are in the last uh, couple episodes here? Yeah, I do like it. Actually, I had um, watched like the first three or four of season one, and then all of my coworkers watch it. So they kind of bullied me into watching <laughs> season one. <laughs> And um, I started back sort of right before the Captain America arc and really liked that. I liked the stuff they did with Ward and um, liked how they finished up the first season. But then I was so I was all caught up and ready for the second season. And then it kind of lost me again a little bit. So I, I'm, I do enjoy it, but it's not like appointment TV for me. I don't really care about any of the characters. So if something happens to them, it's kind of the plot really has to keep my interest versus the characters. But plus there's a lot to keep track of. It seems like there's so many different factions now with the Inhumans and the one shield and the other. Shields. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like it when it's a little more focused, but it's, it's good. Like popcorn watch. So I have nothing against the agents of shield, but it's not like the first thing I would take off my DVR. Yeah. I think it's somewhat the same for me. It's usually not one that I end up watching right away or the night it airs because to me like i liked it like especially with the inhumans now it's getting a little too i, I hate to say comic booky <laughs> <laughs> i hate when like, those comic book shows are comic booky <laughs> no but it, it feels less grounded in reality like with all this stuff um where, where it felt more like a like almost like a spy show sort of before, but now you have like all these people with like different abilities and you have um, like the cyborg guy, although that did lead to that comedy moment in this episode, just where you wanted to see uh, agent hunters uh, reaction. But uh, <laughs> um, like, I, I, I do like, like some of the characters I like uh, Colson, I like Fitz and Simmons and, and may. So, I like how they're all interacting. I like that story, but I'm not quite sold on the whole Inhumans thing that 
that has come up. Although I do like the idea of that the guy who can like teleport and the fact that they have Sky's father stuck in this room with no doors because he like basically teleported them in there and mm. teleported out. So now it's like a perfect prison. Like the guy can't get out of there. Uh, that's kind of interesting, but yeah, I'm not really sold on the inhuman stuff yet. I wonder how much of that is dictated by what they're going to do in the movies. Like, they feel like they have to get the inhuman stuff in for the movies. It's... The movie's so far off, though, that... I mean, they have a lot of time to drop in any stuff for the movies. And the movie is going to have to tell a story that will feel like, uh, you know, maybe there's a bonus for you as a viewer if you've been watching S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. But... A story that if people haven't been watching Shield, they won't be they won't have to have watched, you know, three seasons of Shield to know what the heck's going on in the movie. I mean, there might be at some point where some people that we've learned a little bit about or what have you end up as one of the you know, characters in the Inhumans movie. Yeah. Uh, but uh I don't know how much I think that's just a they're just sort of playing in that, just sort of to open that up a little bit. It's something to do. And and to your point, Kyle, I think it's funny is because a lot of the things that people complained about in the first season is that there were no superpower beings. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're putting them in and Kyle's like, well, that's the part of the show I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> so all of them were wrong. Although, although I didn't really care for the Agent Carter one and that had no like superpower stuff in it. So I don't know what I want. <laughs> Maybe I'll like whatever the proposed, I, I guess they're working on two different spinoffs of this so who knows what what's going on with that maybe i'll like one of those yeah there's two spinoffs of shield two i guess both marvel's working on a spinoff and abc's working on a spinoff so who knows what's happening there's way too many comic book shows (laughs) yeah who knows what's going to happen but what do you think about this uh you know this alternate shield that this other group of people have been working for i found it interesting i found it to be an interesting conflict to have sort of two groups of good guys that aren't sure about the other group of good guys. Uh, and, you know, in some respects have some real problems with, uh, you know, potential superpower beings and people with alien blood and uh, all these different things. But I, what I found interesting was there that they sort of this group that survived the attack and was able to take back that ship has now been, Basically, they've been sort of in secret uh, where nobody, you know, nobody else knows about them. Uh, but yet they were talking about how they were doing things different because they basically have like a committee deciding <laughs> <laughs> instead of one person at the top. They had they had a committee of what, like six or whatever at the table or uh, to to decide. And then they didn't like keep things for apparently from uh, all those that were still uh, working for them, but yet we're still completely, while they may have some uh, internal uh, organizational structure that's different, it's still like nobody still knew that they were like, what have they been doing <laughs> like, out there other than just sort of like trying to find Colson or something, or uh, it's, it's sort of, it's sort of weird because they, they seem to have no uh, actual connection to the government or anything like that. Uh, but they wanted to. They were the more open 
<laughs> you know, shield because <laughs> it was secrets that brought them down. And it was like, it wasn't necessarily, it was secrets of the bad guys that infiltrated <laughs> and didn't tell everybody that they were the bad guys that brought them down. Uh, so they're basically doing the same thing, <laughs> keeping all the secrets. And like, how do, what gives them like any more credibility than like Coulson uh, to me, Coulson seems to have more credibility as the leader than them. They just seem to like appoint themselves. It just seemed like they, they decided in the wake of what happened that, you know, they would keep fighting as shield, but they would have a more open policy. So like, there's like no secrets on the ship is you know, basically what it sounds like. It almost sounds like everybody down to the, you know, the lowest crewman all the way up to the six people on, you know, in the conference room, you know, know what's going on or whatever uh, type of thing, as opposed to, you know, like uh, a director fury at the top, keeping, uh, uh, keeping secrets. But, but yet they're, they were still like this secret organization (laughs) that nobody knew about (laughs) what they were doing. Wasn't there like a big manhunt by Hydra to get anyone who was shielded and like get rid of them? So like, how did these people even find each other and form their? They were group? all. It's all the people that were on the ship that got saved. You know, they showed it in the flashback. But that's the thing is like, how is it just a giant carrier been floating around that? No <laughs> And nobody's really, nobody's really seemed to notice that <laughs> there's a there's a shield carrier floating around. I don't know. There's there's some questions about uh, how that all happened, but I f- I find the I find the going back and forth. Uh, I really like like uh, Gemma and Fitz kind of working together again to sneak the box out. Uh, I knew that was <laughs> happening the whole time <laughs> that uh, that you know that. Uh, but I but I like that Gemma's got you know she's really gotten into that. Uh, really good at that undercover stuff like <laughs> from the beginning of the season when she was a little more scared or whatever but still you know she even took down Bobby by just sort of playing dumb and you know uh, in the that previous episode and you know I I like watching still this you know the team you know the original core team is still sort of you know working together cuz they're not quite sure about what these people want or what they're going to do or uh, even though they they still sort of feel that they're kind of the good guys, but just like misguided or whatever. But is Hydra all the way out of the picture now? This last episode made it sound like there was still like the, like the only connection out there from the previous thing was, you know, when he says that they're going to go find Ward again. Mm. Uh, Cause I thought, cause basically it seemed like that storyline ended that, uh, you know, that they worked, they got all the heads to show, you know, to take each other out and then, the last few that were available, you know, Bobby and and Hunter showed up and, you know, took them out, you know, there at the end. And so that that seemed like they had cut at least all of the top level heads off of, you know, Hydra. So I don't you know, there's probably still factions out there yep. uh, that, uh, you know, just the, the main leadership or whatever uh, was was sort of gone. And so that seems to be uh, kind of gone. And they've they've sort of gone to this conflict of, of going back and forth, uh, between, you know, <laughs> uh, versions of shield. I, I just, the thing I really want to see is at some point, I want to see the reaction of, of all the guys, all like, uh, James, Edward James Almas's character and all the rest of them on the ship when they all find out that Fury's not dead. <laughs> 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 yeah. Cause they keep mentioning that. 
And, and we all know that he's not dead, but we all know that he's also about to pop back up in the Avengers <laughs> movie and that it might be that a lot of people might find out that he's not exactly dead. But I don't know. It's kind of it's not it's kind of appointment TV. I mean, uh, for most of the season, I've been watching Flash and then and then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before uh, uh, before heading off to work. But uh and I and I like what they're doing, so I'm not sure if that'll change. Although I really like iZombie, so it's like a, a tough choice, like which to watch, <laughs> which to watch first before heading off to work now, because the Flash iZombie is a is a nice uh, two hour block too. And uh, with that, we'll move on to the uh, next show on the list, uh, the Comedians, uh, season one, episode one, the pilot, uh, the series premiere of the Billy Crystal Josh Gad FX comedy. And uh, this time we'll start with you, Kyle. What'd you, what'd you think of the comedians? You had been looking forward to it. I, I was really looking forward to it. I wasn't completely sold, but I definitely see tremendous uh, potential in the show. Like, I really like the two main stars, and I like that they're playing. Like, Josh Gad is probably like, the nicest guy in real life, and he's playing such an obnoxious jerk <laughs> in this. So it's almost fun. sort of accidental, though. Like, he's not... He's not like purposeful. He's he's kind of like just steps in it all the time. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, I definitely appreciate the sixteen hundred pen jokes because <laughs> that show was awesome. And I, I like as as soon as he as soon as they said like like what season two sixteen hundred pen money. I like I know <laughs> I, he should have that money. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I like the big shocker at the end here. Like like how uh, Billy really wants his friend to come in and and be like their producer, and like Josh Gad really wants this woman to be. Her producer and then they both get what they want like I thought, I thought that was a wonderful twist that i did not see coming at all but yeah she was the you know she was a director on or whatever on uh 1600 pen, 1600 pen. <laughs> the other 1600 pen joke i liked is in there where he's like we, we did a series finale <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> like, like we, it has a it has a like a, a store a closed story for a season <laughs> uh but yeah how about uh oh why am i all of a sudden he's on freaking everything steven, steven weber yeah. <laughs> steven weber is on freaking everything like how many <laughs> he sh he pops up on this he's on helix too he was right? on helix for a while he was you know he was uh he's been on uh, chasing life uh, and you know, a couple other things. He just, that, that dude is, <laughs> that dude is working everywhere. And it just, a lot of the storylines seem like they, on all these different shows was like, yeah, we don't have access to him anymore. <laughs> He's doing this other thing. And so he disappears again. But, but yeah, that was, uh, that was an interesting twist of, of having him come on as, you know, somebody who's <laughs> now transgendered. Uh, and so they got both the, the, the female director that, <laughs> that Josh wanted and then his old buddy, uh, from, you know, his, you know, previous work, uh, to come on. But I really like, like you said, the potential of it, uh, of both the, you know, sort of the generational comedy differences of how I really like the one, the one bit where Billy Crystal's talking to his agent and he's like, you know, he just, he just says they just say the f word and they and everybody and everybody thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in the middle of 
<laughs> like, uh, so some of that stuff was really funny. But I also found that the small bits and pieces that we got to see of the potential uh, skets and skits and sketches and stuff uh, were actually really funny. And, you know, but they don't go on too long. Like, I think that that was always the the thing about uh, uh, Sunset Strip. What is it? Uh, Studio, Studio 60. Yeah, Studio was that... The, they were really unfunny. The, the bits, the bits that you were seeing in the back were always were were never always that funny. But it was it was supposed to be about the story was about this genius writer. But everything that you saw that he had written wasn't genius. So at least in this, the you know the bits that they're doing within the show within the show uh, are actually come across really funny. I mean, I laughed really, <laughs> I laughed really loud with the the initial pitch of the Billy does everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and they did the uh, the when Harry met Sally diner scene where he plays all the characters, and at the end he's like, "I'll have what I'm having." <laughs> I just find that stuff funny. How about you, Carl? What do you think of the comedians? Well, I'm a sucker for these kind of shows. I actually even liked Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Well, I, I liked the been. show, but I just had that one. That was the one flaw of it was just like no the sketch be, parts were awful. Yeah, he was supposed to be this genius writer that was like not letting he was ending up like writing the whole show like every week, and yeah. then all the stuff in the background was like not good, and you're just like, how is this guy a genius writer? <laughs> I like like shows like Larry Sanders. It reminds me of that one a little bit, but I'm hoping for this one they really kind of build up the secondary casts. Um, they started to a little bit with like the the producer and some of the other characters, but those are the ones because it seems like um, Crystal and Gad sort of have to be the jerks the whole time, and maybe their characters aren't going to go through like big arcs, but some of the other side characters then could. Yeah, I think the, the producer, like, I died laughing at her scene when her stomach is growling. <laughs> and like, like, you have a colon problem. <laughs> he's just, like, such a jerk to her. But it's just hilarious to watch because <laughs> it's just, like, going and going and going. Yeah. I like just, like, the little things, too, like Billy Crystal's door never quite closes right and the posters in their office of Mr. Saturday Night and those kind of things. That if you rewatch it, you might catch that you didn't catch the first time. So, I think I think it's got some potential. It's sort of like Last Man on Earth, though. I don't know how they carry it over multiple seasons, but we'll see how it goes. Well, I suppose if uh, if somebody filmed a a documentary in about a paper, a small paper company for like nine years. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose they could film one about a TV show for That's a while. True. Uh, That's true. But yeah. I, it, I guess it also depends on sort of the uh, the time frame in which it takes place over, whether it seems, uh, you know, because you could get, you know, multiple 10 episode or whatever, whatever they're doing. I think they're doing 10 episodes. You know, you could get multiple 10 episode seasons out of stuff happening around the filming of like a first season of a show yep. uh, type of thing. So it, it all depends on sort of what their time frame is of 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 how of how they're going to you know how they cover it so uh and I haven't watched far enough into it to see cuz FX did send a bunch of episodes but <laughs> too many other things to watch like Daredevil mm. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah I, I definitely I definitely like this type of stuff I like that it combines 
you know, it sort of combines a few, you know, combines sort of the, you know, the awkward and, and sort of a little bit kind of meanness, but, uh, of, of like a curbier enthusiasm and, but it's, it's in that Hollywood, you know, pop culture vein of, uh, you know, skewering that type of stuff. Yep. And, uh, I, I'm interested to see like where they go with it. Cause I mean, there's potential to do some really interesting sort of commentary <laughs> on both, both the state of comedy and the state of Hollywood and, uh, and, and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, I'm, 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 after watching the first couple that was it was my recommendation that week and i haven't watched any more of it yet but it's still i th- i still think it's worth uh, checking out and uh i think uh we all sort of agree on uh on that one yep yep and with that we'll move on to sort of the uh the big show of the last weekend <laughs> uh as we uh sit here recording on the uh was it uh, March thirteenth or April thirteenth? Uh, March thirteenth. Yeah, I just went back in time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next show we're talking about. <laughs> no time travel until twelve monkeys. Um, but uh, so how far? How far did you get into it, uh, Carl? Did you you just uh, watch the uh, first episode? No, I watched the first two. You got the first two. How about you, Kyle? Uh, I finished it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Once break the seal on the Netflix show, you just, <laughs> just got to finish it. Yeah, uh, it was – yeah, I, I finished it too, uh, mainly because when I started watching it – well, I finally was able to get to it uh, Saturday morning after I got home from work, and I watched the f- first three, uh, and then uh, you know went to sleep and got up, and then uh, later Saturday afternoon – I started in on episode four and then kept going and ended up finishing it. Uh, I think it may have been Sunday morning sometime <laughs> by, the time I, by the time I finished it. And so so ended up watching the whole thing because for me, it was, uh, as I've mentioned before uh, on things, is the sign uh, – to me, the sign of a of a good show at least or something that I find really entertaining is – is if I have both the time and access to the next episode at the end of an episode, you go, Oh, I want to see the next one. And you just start watching it again. And that's pretty much how the series worked for me is I didn't have anything else to do on Saturday. Really? Uh, they were good enough that, uh, I just kept watching as opposed to while I liked Kimmy Schmidt, uh, I watched like the first three and, and I, w- I wasn't like, you know, completely sucked in that I needed to just, uh, you know, keep watching till the end and thus haven't gone back and finished yet. But yet once I got going with Daredevil, I just uh, kept going. It's like one really long movie uh, <laughs> with a with like a six hour break in the middle uh, to, to, to take a to take some take a nap <laughs> to get some sleep. Uh, but uh so, Carl, based on the first couple episodes, what do you, what do you think of Daredevil? Oh, I would have watched the whole thing if I had time. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was really, really good. I think this really could turn out to be like the... If I could design a superhero show, this is what it would be like. Because I already care about all the characters. That, you know, the, they introduced the secretary really well in the first one. And um, his partner was at Foggy. And the the stakes seem real, you know. It's just that 
little block in Hell's Kitchen that he's trying to protect, but they have a fight scene and everybody just doesn't get up afterwards and seem like they're okay. It actually, that second, the second one where it ended in the, I think a lot of people have talked about the fight scene in the hallway. That was incredible. Do you remember that yeah. one? In the- yeah, it looks yeah. like one really long, like tracking shot almost, but I don't know if it necessarily was, but yeah. Yeah, but you can you can just see him being like so tired and like grabbing the people and just it's his one last punch that he can get in and it reminded me of like the Matrix almost, but real and with stakes. So I have really high hopes. I think it's one that I could really like. I don't love the bone crunching. There's a lot of bone crunching. Now, did you ever watch um, Spartacus or? No, I have never watched Spartacus. Okay. Yeah, because this comes from the same showrunner as Spartacus, which yep. was very gruesome and very graphic in the violence. I, I don't think this was anywhere near as graphic. Well, but, no, it's not. <laughs> but what I like is, like, since it comes from that showrunner, you know, like, it adds another level of stakes to it because you know this guy is willing to kill off people like he's not like some shows they'll just tag along characters for the entire run of the show even after they've uh outgrown their welcome but this guy you know that there's definite stakes that no one is is safe well you know one person's safe <laughs> but the rest of them are not safe anyone could go at any time which i i like that because it it adds another sense of like you really don't know what's going to happen because anyone could go at any time and yeah, like, I agree. Like with the other, like how I said that Marvel's Agents of Shield was too comic booky. That's one thing I really liked about this show is without him wearing a costume, it just feels so grounded in reality that like you, it's just like a guy wearing a, something over his head, like just fighting through all this stuff. Yeah, he has some sort of like special hearing abilities and stuff, and he can sort of see even though he's blind. But I mean, it doesn't feel like it's like a superpower. It just feels like like this guy is is just honed this ability over time and. It, it, I, I definitely like that aspect of the show. I mean, it, there are parts that definitely feel comic booky, like the villainy stuff. But mm-hmm. I think it, but it definitely felt more grounded, which I really liked. I also like that they didn't try to like mimic the effect, the sonar effect. Do they do that later on, or do they? Nope, nope. And that's really nice. Like, it, like I'm thinking of like the Daredevil movie and stuff. Yeah, like, stuff like that. No, and so that's what I liked. It, it felt very much. Like, it could be real. Well, it kind of respected us as watchers that, okay, yeah, we get it. You know, if you're watching Daredevil, you kind of know that he's blind and has the sonar. You don't have to show us yeah, all those small little things. Yeah, there's a couple of times later on where he, he, has, where he has to sort of explain, <laughs> Oh, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, and, and so you get a little bit of an explanation of some stuff, but it's never... Uh, you don't really get too much of ever really seeing. I think there's one time they briefly show you like a little bit of an example of, of his explanation, but they don't really just like, they don't do that all the time. You just like, from then on, you just have sort of a better picture in your head of what it is that he's doing. Uh, uh, you know, but they don't, they don't show you that every time or something like that from then on where you're, you're getting, you just, have a, a little bit better understanding of, but they don't like do that. 
every fight scene. Well, in the first episode, you know, they don't mm. just like drop a whole bunch of knowledge of like <laughs> that was the interesting thing that I uh, uh, that I liked about it is that over the course of the series, they tell you his backstory uh, in some flashbacks and stuff like the, you know, the one that they open with, but they, that's the, they didn't go through like, like the first 10 minutes of the, of the, of the show. And it was like, here's, you know, here's the accident. Here's, here's his training, you know, here's this, here's how, and, uh, and, and give you like all that stuff. They just, they put you into this. He's begin, he, you know, he's just a little bit into his, his vigilante career. And then they go back and they tell you in little bits and pieces throughout the, the show of how he got those abilities and and stuff like that. Uh, and I thought I thought that that worked much, much better than, you know, trying to give you the, you know, five to ten minute download of stuff at the beginning. They just drop you into it and you you come to find those things out, but you don't really need all that stuff to enjoy it at the beginning i like that they haven't really i'm assuming the person uh, behind all this is the kingpin but they haven't even shown him yet to where i'm at so i think that's really smart too how they did that yeah i it's think they i mean they you know do good- you know he's in it because if you if you see the opening credits his name's at every episode <laughs> yeah. but uh for the first yeah for the first uh few it's just uh uh, a voice or like his henchman carrying out yeah, the maybe, orders. I, I can't remember. I, it, it seems like it's not till it's definitely, I don't even think it's in the first three episodes. Yeah, I think it, it might not be till episode four till you actually, till you actually see, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio full on as the, you know, as, as, as Wilson Fisk. Yep. And and I think they do a really good job. Like one thing that's always bugged me about Arrow is the flashbacks. But this every flashback feels like it has a definite purpose and it's entertaining <laughs> and it makes sense and you get some kind of information or backstory on each of the characters. And I think they do a really good job of metering those out throughout the the entire season. Like so it, like you said it's not all at once, but you get it, it, it doesn't feel like it's like, oh, now it's a part of the episode that we do the flashback. It feels very natural in the way they use them to inform whatever's happening in that episode. Yep. And I, I think it's really well done. Well, I think they, you know, it, in Arrow, it's that's a format to the show that they got married to in the first season. And, and as they've gone through, some flashbacks work better than others with what's going on in the episode. And then sometimes it almost feels a little weird because you're just like, oh, he's been back for three years or, you know, he's in his third year of being back in, in Starling City and there happened to be something in the third year that he was gone. Yeah. <laughs> and also match this episode is like his linear development away from it also seems to <laughs> to perfectly match up because they keep, uh, you know, they don't keep going, you know, way back. They're just going back to, uh, you know, so some of that doesn't quite work out all the time. Uh, and then sometimes it feels like they just need to, uh, you know, do a, a flashback because that's what the, you know, they need to do this much of flashback in the, yeah. in the, in the, in the writer's way they arc, template. Yeah. In the way they write out, arc out a show in this, I, I liked it because, you know, it's, it's a little closer to, you know, I don't know how much, 
if they do a second season, you know, how much more uh, of flashbacks do you get? Uh, because you've, you know, you've seen a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of that by the, by the end of this. Um, but yeah, I think it works because it does really, you know, sort of fit in, uh, but they, it's also not just flashbacks of, of, uh, you know, of Daredevil, you know, or of Murdoch. You also get flashbacks of, of Fisk, you know, and then you, you get some when he, you know, when he meets Foggy and stuff like that. So they, they definitely uh, dole them out in, uh, in smaller pieces and, and stuff, but uh, overall just really well done. Uh, the action sequences were great. I liked how they both tied it into the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe, but yet made it feel small, like without it feeling small, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. is they, they really just sort of decided to tell a story that's in this, like just, just taking place in this one little small place inside the greater, you know, Marvel cinematic universe. But they also set up story, you know, here and there a little bit that'll tie in with, you know, the later, you know, the Jessica Jones and, you know, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and uh, the Defenders stuff to come. Uh, the thing I'm really interested to find out is it's going to take them, like, Jessica Jones isn't supposed to be until pro- maybe the end of this year uh, sometime, and then the next one, like uh, Luke Cage or whatever, might come around, you know, this time again, uh, next year, but I'm interested to know is are is there going to be another? Are they going to do another Daredevil season within that? Because it seems like you do Daredevil, and then all you by the time you get to the Defenders, you'll only this will be all you have of Daredevil, or he'll occasionally pop up in the other ones. Yeah, see, I don't I don't know anything about the Defenders, so I I don't know how all this stuff fits together, but. I, I'm I'm actually surprised we haven't seen an announcement after the weekend, like today, like getting or getting an announcement that they've already picked it up. Although, well, I know that's what I'm in, that's what I'm interested to find out is like what are their plans to? Because uh, you know you're talking two years or so from now before you end up with a team up between all these characters, you know, in a mini you know Avengers type of thing in a in an event type uh, series where they all have to come together to solve something. And, uh, that seems like a really long time to not also have a, another full season of some of these shows in the meantime. What's, are you going to keep this cast on call for like three years now until you <laughs> get around to doing that? But I, I mean, one thing I did like about this was that it is like one complete story. Like you don't necessarily need any more. Like it was a nice, like start to end a solid arc, which was really nice. Like it feels self-contained, but if they want to do more, well, I guess he'll. Well, yeah, if, this is the, this is the back. way I, I I would prefer my TV series. <laughs> yes, uh, is to is uh, things. I mean, I get the idea of coming to a big cliffhanger uh, type of thing, but that's so old school, in that there's so there's so little guarantee <laughs> of something coming back. You know, uh, that I like the idea of of something that has a self-contained story, but you obviously know at the end of this, that that's not the end. That's just the end of this, you know, this, this period of time. Uh, and you know, where Murdoch and everybody ends up 
at the end, that's not the end. Uh, they can obviously tell, you know, a whole new story that has a major arc, uh, you know, that could use things from the previous one or new things come in to be uh, problems. I, I'm just really interested to know how they're because it seems to me that this seems to have gotten it, it worked really well. It's gotten pretty good press. Uh, I can't imagine that it didn't do well, you know, like other stuff that they've had, uh, that they wouldn't want to do more of this specific one as opposed, you know, in the next couple of years before they get to, uh, you know, before they get to the full team up. Because they do have it structured while nobody shows up really uh, much in this one uh, because they hadn't really started casting other stuff. It's likely that, uh, like, Luke Cage is going to show up in Jessica Jones before he gets his own full story arc. But there, it's likely that Matt Murdock can sh- is going to show up in Jessica Jones as well at some point. And, uh, you know, some of the, some of those, as, as they're building the other ones, there's going to be more crossover because they'll have those, they'll have the, you know, once they have the shows cast, they can then put those into new shows as they're building them. But I, I just can't imagine that there's not going to be at least one more season of this before we get to a Defenders. Uh, and possibly, you know, even another Jessica Jones, if that works out really well, too. They could do, like, the Iron Man movies. They usually put a couple Iron Man movies in between, like, the Avengers movies. Maybe they use that model. Yeah, I think that's I think that's got to be what they're going to mm-hmm. what they're going to go with. But, yeah, I, I am with Kyle, too. If that's really what they're going to do, I'm surprised that he didn't get, like, the Monday morning announcement. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to do more Daredevil. <laughs> I'd watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, no kidding. All right. Well, I think that's uh, that's enough about Daredevil. Uh, we may, uh, well, it, uh, depending on in the next couple of weeks, depending on who's in and who's going to be on and what they've watched and stuff like that, maybe we'll come back and talk about the end of Daredevil uh, as opposed to just the beginning of Daredevil. That's the other thing with a show like this is you don't have it like a, an episode on a weekly basis to talk about. <laughs> like mm. we only really talked about the beginning and sort of hinted at some of the things that may come, you know, without spoiling anything uh, for the whole series, you know, but uh, it seems like uh, probably should probably come back at some point and talk about the, uh, the how things end on daredevil, but then two, how do you know when people are, yeah, but then like two or three weeks from now, <laughs> It almost seems like it's too late to talk, to talk about it. Well, that's what I found interesting. Before it actually dropped on Friday, like the showrunner was on Twitter saying, everybody, you should mute the hashtag Daredevil until you've seen all 13 episodes. <laughs> it seems so like wrong of a showrunner saying, I don't want you talking about the show until... Well, I want you to uh, talk about it, but if you haven't, but if you haven't been watching, I don't want you reading about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's... Uh, I kind of stayed off uh, a couple of times. I went on Facebook and mostly people were pretty good about just saying, you know, I'm up to episode nine and I'm loving it or something like that. As opposed to, oh, that thing in episode seven seven and blah, blah, blah. And like saying what it was or something that, you know, but uh, it was kind of like it's either watch now or stay off of social media or look away really quick every time you see a word that starts with a D. <laughs> look away for two days because then no one's going to be talking about it anymore because everyone's going to be seeing it. <laughs> All right. We'll jump on to the uh, next show on the list. Uh, 12 Monkeys, uh, Season 1, Episode 13, Arms of Mine, the season finale. 
Kyle, what'd you think about where, where things ended up here for uh, the first season of 12 monkeys? I thought they ended up in a really interesting place, like with her now, with Cassie now in the future and uh, Ramsey, who's likely going to survive, although at first I didn't think he would, but they're probably unlike uh, Daredevil. They're not going to kill him off because they like him too much. (laughs) Uh, But now he's trapped in the past with um, like Cole. Uh, And so like, how are, how are they going to get, is Cassie now going to be the new like traveler to jump back and then uh, tell them and help them get back to the future or fix things? Like, it seems like, like they sent her to the future, but the future seems like a very bleak place. Are they really going to be able to help her? Like then if they had just driven her off to a hospital locally uh, <laughs> to save her, it, it seems like she, she seemed to be in the middle of a, a bad situation to be able to, uh, to help out Cassie when she arrived. But it'll be interesting to see how that works. Uh, and, and what that army of 12, uh, like hooded people, what they, what they actually want, to do with that facility and what their plans are. And then we also, we also saw Jennifer hopping in her plane to seemingly go drop off the 12, uh, packages with the virus across 12 different locations across the world. So what do you think, Carl? Um, I really liked it. Um, this is one that I have to go back and rewatch cause I really was active in a campaign for it. So I almost forgot to pay attention when I was watching. (laughs) And this is one, if you miss a little detail, you really can get lost pretty easy. But I I liked how each episode almost, there's several points along the season that could have almost been season finales in other shows. You know, like the night room when they find the virus and when cold splinter back to 2015, Jones confronting the other faction. So I think they did a really good job of um, keeping the momentum going through the season. And I like all the actors and I, I kind of like that. They left it on a cliffhanger for this one, knowing that we're going to get a second season. So I really liked it. Yeah. Well, I'm interested to see where, like where things go in the story, because now with her like showing up, it's, and you can, the 12 were like shocked. <laughs> this was mm-hmm. not uh, something expected. So something has this was like something that hadn't happened or, or wasn't, uh, you know, for, foresaw to be happening. And I'm interested to see how they do the sort of time stuff because they had an interesting storyline in this one, uh, starting with, you know, her voice on a tape, which, you know, talking about a guy named Cole, which gets Cole sent back. And, but then you find out that there were times where, you know, Cole had met, you know, uh, Leland Goines before, you know, uh, before he had met him, you know, type of thing. <laughs> uh, but then the same thing with Dr. Jones, uh, where she had, you know, she knew that she had, uh, you know, come across him uh, previously. And so I'm interested to see how they create those types of things now, because they, they don't have... Uh, I don't know that the starting point is different. So I'm and and with her going possibly going back because see that's where I uh, that was like the change in things when they were going after the machine. I thought, well, here this is how they get Cole back to back to the future to you know to be able to come back to the past again. 
Yep. Uh, I thought that was going to be the the solve, but instead the solve was they reversed it and they sent her uh, to the future uh, to now possibly be the person that comes back to, uh, you know, well, and they have to figure out things uh, along along the way to try and uh, you know stop the the virus outbreak or, or or what have you. And so I I did I did really enjoy this first season because I thought they did a really good job with the sort of you know the time paradoxes and the uh you know how they would loop back around and all of a sudden they would come back in you know finding out that uh, Ramsey had been the one that had uh you know he ended up going back too and then all along he had been part of the problem that they'd been dealing with all this time uh but then ultimately finding out that he wasn't the witness <laughs> uh so you know that was you know that was even like one where you're just like where Cole comes back and he says I know who the witness is that's like a season finale cliffhangery type of, yeah. of thing, but th- there were still more episodes to come. I liked all that. I I really liked all that stuff, and I'm really interested to see, you know, how the these these guys and uh, and gals behind the show, uh, you know, come back and and start up again. What new type of story do they have? Uh, have the, can they concoct that does these same types of things? But with the twist of her going back now. Well, the difference with her going back, too, is Cole, he had actually lived through all this future time where she just popped there. So she really doesn't have any, like, history beyond, like, the moment that she arrived. So it's it's going to be a very different like she's just hot. if she goes back to like 2015 it's not like she lived through a bunch of stuff that now she's trying to figure out what caused that like she just happened to be there all of a sudden like yeah. well I'm, it, it's the the other thing is like how long you know be you know are do they end up switching it back relatively soon in the next season where you know they're able to where she gets sent back and then she just stays but then you know Cole, and the, but then somehow they get to the machine again, and they send Cole to the future. Because see, now that's the thing that I was like, well, if you know that the machine is around and it works, both now and then, it seems like you could be sending people back and forth all the time in different ways, just like a subway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if they if they need like Jones to make the serum and to get. To travel, she would have known that Cole and and Ramsey were back there before. She because that happened way in her past. So it seems like they can't really go back to her to get more serum to make this thing work. So how do they how do they fix it? How do they use that machine in the past or in our present? Well, I don't know. I guess that do do you need to be? I I mean I guess uh, you know Ramsey was getting stuff so that because it looked like he was going to get try and send himself back and he was going to take another injection so was it basically that you had to take an injection before you went each time well cole was reset so he has none of this in his system like well yeah but it had been like 40 years or something since (laughs) since ramsey had traveled so but uh for cole like he was all reset so he obviously needs some more stuff before he can time travel yeah, that's true. So it'll be I, I am interested to uh to see how how it picks back up. But yeah, very very interested to see a second season because the first season is very is a is a lot of fun and it's definitely like if you haven't watched it, this is a show to binge. Mm. Because to watch and see these things, while it's fun to 
to talk, you know, to have a week or so to digest some of these things and to talk about, well, what do you think that means? Oh my God, did you see that they did this? Uh, to see all those things happen like within minutes of each other, uh, to have the story play out in like one long movie, I think with all these different time travels things and stuff like that would make for an interesting like binge watch. Yeah, and it definitely feels like they had like a plan from start to end. Like they knew what they wanted to do. It doesn't feel like, oh, and now let's just do this. Like you can't really do that in this show because everything has to be so carefully plotted out to how the different yeah, things Yeah, they had to have done some serious work before ever penning, you know, before ever saying, "Okay, you're writing this episode, you're writing this episode, you're writing this episode." They had to have a big, you know, plan in place of uh these are the things that we're going to touch on and and here's where we're going to intersect these things and then, you know, here write episodes around those things. Cuz <laughs> uh, cuz yeah, there this is definitely uh, it's while it's potentially one where you just come up with a new thing like that for the next season. I don't know how much they have knowledge of, you know, actual knowledge of where they or you know, how far they could go or where their ultimate goal is. But from season to season, they definitely sit down and do a lot of work prior to filming the episodes. All right, I think that'll do it for Twelve Monkeys, and we'll move on to the last show on the list, which is. Uh, Game of Thrones Season 5, Episode 1, The Wars to Come. A new season has started up with all its uh, mini storylines. And uh, <laughs> and uh, so uh, what do you think, Carl, of where we pick things back up after one of the longest, like, previously on segments <laughs> to open up the episode? That was a long previously on. I only got to watch the second half of the first episode, so <clears throat> I'm going to go back. But it is there is way too many storylines. I I love it, and I've read the books, so I kind of know what's going on. But man, I still get confused with all the different storylines going on. It's kind of like hitting random on a playlist or something. You just keep <laughs> popping up with the different storyline. It does really feel like they've gone through, and they it's like they filmed everybody's story for like mm. the whole season. And yep. then we're going to put these pits in this episode and then this part in this episode and this part. But we're also going to break those into three segments of a minute, <laughs> you know, a minute apiece. It's hard if you like characters like Tyrion and Varys, you know, you kind of want more of them. But you kind of have to wait till they come back up in the rotation for their story. Yeah. Well, for me, the thing is, is I have always liked the episodes better when they touch on more stories in an episode than you know than just focusing on like one or two yep. because then it feels like you you could go like a couple episodes without ever seeing somebody that's true but this episode did feel like they barely you know they barely they still left a couple people out but they still <laughs> forget about them like yeah. oh that guy <laughs> but they still touched on so many different things uh, within it that you got, you know, you only, you know, you maybe got a minute or two with some characters and, and, uh, you know, there was a, like, like the largest storyline may have been at Castle Black of everything that was happening in the episodes. If you, you know, if you took, you know, even though it played out in different parts over the course of the, the episode, there may have been 15 minutes there, but there was just little bits and pieces throughout the episode that it was almost too much. But then I kind of get it. Like, you got to sort of try and pick back up where all these uh, various characters are and 
and and where they're going but it it was hard to you're like oh and then you know you get like what like uh 30 seconds with Brienne <laughs> <laughs> and then it switches to the carriage that it just happens to have <laughs> I know. It happens so it's to like have the dog like, she's looking for. <laughs> I know. I was like, go after that carriage. Come on. And then we were gone. We are out of that whole scene again. And then you <laughs> followed them for a couple of minutes, and then it went off to something else, and you you never really saw them again. Uh, I, there's way too much of Daenerys and those dragons. I couldn't care less about what's going on with her. And, like, when they had Varys and, uh, and Tyrion saying, like, they're going to back her, it's like, no, you need to go back Arya. I want her to be the one on the throne. <laughs> and then we, I don't even think we saw Arya the whole episode, did we? I don't remember seeing her. No, I think she I think she first pops up in the next episode. Yeah. So it's like... I was like, I want to see her. She's the one I want. <laughs> I, if I if I'm throwing money behind a candidate, I want to back her. <laughs> well, you never know where ultimately things are are going to ultimately going to go. But it, I, I think it would be interesting to see. Uh, well, from what I understand, from people that have seen more episodes than this, it, it, people seem to be they are traveling. With the what looks to be like the ultimate goal, or some of these characters will end up being in the same place. Mm. So maybe you'll get a little bit more uh, story where you know, like Tyrion and and Varys actually end up in Marine, and so then you have all of those characters around Daenerys and the dragons, and also Tyrion and uh, Varys, and you know, whenever their stories taking place there, there's you can kind of focus in on more characters uh, in one place instead of having to feel like you're jumping all over the place to tell you where they're, where they're at. And so it'll be, I, I think, you know, and then you have, uh, you know, the other, the other ones in the, on their way. Uh, it, it, it seems like Brienne and, and, and her squire may, uh, or not squire <laughs> may, may actually end up heading for, castle black so there ultimately there could be where you're still telling stories about lots of different characters but you're having you to, to cut every minute you're having to you're not having to cut so much because they're they're in they're all in the same place and and actually interacting with each other so uh that could be you know that could be good if that's really uh, i mean you even see it a little bit in this episode that's what it looks like is is going to happen who knows how long it actually takes uh you know some of these people to get to their destinations, but they're still introducing new characters too, which is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> like the sand snake women and stuff that are coming up. It's like, Oh, but I'm excited because I've read the books and this is finally getting beyond where I've read. So I've known a lot of the beats that were coming up, like the red wedding and Jeffrey. And then it really becomes more about just seeing how they execute it besides being surprised and engaged by the story. So this this is the first season that's beyond what I've read. I'm really excited. Yeah, it also see, I guess they're, you know, they're combining some uh, of stories from uh from various things now, you know, they're not follow, yep. you know, they're not strictly following any one book or anything at this point. Uh so who knows all where they could end up pulling things from, but it also sounds like there is some things being written in that are not necessarily in the books uh, that or and not necessarily are things that will be in upcoming books. They're just stuff that, 
they think with where they're at, this is a really good idea for these characters at this point. Which sounds good to me as a non-reader, <laughs> because then now the shoe's on the other foot. Like, well, especially like I guess in this episode, like they end up killing the wildling leader who apparently didn't die in the books, so or yeah, at least that's... this way. So, I, I, like around that scene, though, I'm wondering like how that's going to work because you had John go do the mercy killing of that guy. Is Stannis now going to be upset with John, or is that also going to be the, what wins over the wildling army because he was merciful to their leader and putting him out of his misery? Is John going to win them over and have them join anyway, even without their leader? So I'm wondering how that's going to that part's going to play out. They are kind of constricted sometimes. It seems if they want to get to a certain point, they have to do certain things. So you do almost wish they had the freedom to do a little bit more. They also don't have 600 pages of scripts. <laughs> to That's true. <laughs> yeah, well, there's just some things that work better in long form. <laughs> that, you know, it's hard to translate into onto a TV show where it might be interesting to read about, but to actually watch take place would be super boring. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> more dragons. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I, I couldn't tell you how much I wanted that dragon to just eat Daenerys. <laughs> be done with that storyline. Uh, just like you, Kyle, the only, the only benevolent leader in the whole realm. <laughs> Arya would be so benevolent and great as a leader. Well, the only one that's an actual leader at the present time. <laughs> and you want her to get eaten by dragons. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. There's just something about her storyline that I just find so boring. Like, I don't really want to watch it. Maybe if she was flying around on dragons attacking cities, <laughs> that would be more entertaining. But that's not her. Well, once she's gotten to Marine, they've kind of just been sitting there and dealing with, like, the internal politics. Of, yeah, that, that's what I'm like. I don't care about really the politics not. of this town. I am interested to see what they do with Arya because in the books, her storyline is really weird and coming up. So they, I have no idea how they're going to film what's coming up with her. So, without being spoilery. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I'm with you, Kyle. I mean, Arya's like my favorite character on the show, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, definitely want to see more of what's happening with her. But uh, you know, maybe in the next episode we get where the largest portion of the show, you know, the largest portion of the story that gets told is around Arya in the next episode. And, you know, the rest of the stuff is in the smaller flashes and, and bits and pieces, you know, more like the, you know, the, the Castle Black storyline being the bulk of the first episode. So maybe maybe that's something to look forward to in the next episode where you didn't get to you didn't get to see her in this one, but you'll have, you know, there'll be a lot of her in the uh, in the next one. Because, I mean, the preview showed uh, her being dropped off. And, you know, here's the destination you were looking for. So I can't imagine that that's just going to be like her whole world. They're like, there's going to be very little story happening with her after that. That seems like the beginning of of uh, of something. So, 
I really want to say something, but I won't. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that she would team up with Brienne, because I like her, too. And the two of them take on everyone. But uh, but now she just seems – she keeps having these close misses with Stanza. She's got to find her at some point. Like, first she was at the door, and then they didn't answer, and now she misses the cart. I mean, she's got to run into her at some point. Third time's a charm. Yes. <laughs> It's like a Three's Company episode where they're just madcaps. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And on that note, uh, that'll do it for Game of Thrones and also for the primetime segment this week. And we'll move on to uh, some uh, TV recommendations. I wasn't really able to come up with anything uh, as a recommendation other than I'd say if, you, <laughs> if you're one of the people that hasn't watched Daredevil yet... <laughs> <laughs> Hop on board the Daredevil train. It's Who good, needs a weekend? Just watch it. It's good stuff. Quit you your know, job. You could do, you know, well, you know, you could just do it, uh, you know, you don't have, you could do one episode a night for 13 days. I mean, if you really want to, you know, expand it out. But uh, as as I told Carl on uh, on Twitter, you know, Daredevil's like lace potato chips. I bet you can't watch just one. <laughs> yeah, so... I think you also said sleep is overrated. Yes, that's right. Sleep is overrated. <laughs> Which is also true. <laughs> that's my recommendation. If you haven't jumped into Daredevil, and even if, if you're not into really the... I think this is sort of the, the type of show where even if you're not into sort of like the comic book superhero type stuff, while there is, you know, that's sort of what it's around, It it as we stated in uh, talking about it, it really is really well-grounded. And it, it feels more like, you know, like the, the fight scenes are real, feel a lot real. Uh, and, uh, you know, everything that's going on, uh, the situations, the motivations, uh, it's all it's all pretty, you know, down to earth. <laughs> As they say, this is street level. This is the street level stuff they're talking about. So how about you, Carl? What's uh, what is your uh, recommendation this week? Um, my recommendation was Vikings from the History Channel. Um, I think the first two seasons are available on Amazon. And <clears throat> when I first heard about it, I kind of thought it was a poor man Game of Thrones. You know, they were just trying to get on the excitement. And that may be sort of true, but it it really is its own thing. Uh, the production values, I think, are almost as good as Game of Thrones. And the characters are unique and interesting and one thing I like about it, because they have the sort of Viking mythology and the Christian mythology going back and forth, I like how they they handle that. You know, it's not um, cartoonish Christians or anything. They they really do a good job of that. So we didn't talk about the Americans. That's another one that I would recommend. And that's another one where they handle religion really well, I think. So I snuck in another one, Vikings and the Americans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Both on Amazon Prime. Yeah, the, the Americans was going to be one of the shows we talked about if uh, I'd been able to uh, catch up on that, but I ended up watching all of Daredevil instead of yep. catching up on uh, the Americans. You have to catch up on the Americans. It's really, really good. So that's mine. Watch Vikings and the Americans. How about you, Kyle? What is your recommendation? Uh, so for me, uh, like you were saying, if you haven't watched... Uh, 
a show yet, you should watch it, and that is 1600 Pen. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that was Season last week's recommendation. <laughs> oh, that was last week. Okay. I still recommend it. But anyway, uh, no, I recommend uh, uh, Orphan Black uh, Season 3 starts uh, back up this Saturday. Uh, so it's it's a really good show. If you haven't seen it, uh, you still have if – you, if you're already caught up on Daredevil, you still have a few more days to catch up on – Orphan Black, uh, but yeah, I think it's just a really fun show um, with an, uh, some great acting. Like, uh, just it's amazing how one actor can play like six or seven different parts, or maybe even more than that, and all of them interacting and believable. And this upcoming season, it sounds like we're going to have that with another actor. So I'm interested to see how that. Uh, how that they works. chose as well for the male counterpart as they yes. did for the female, because yeah, that that is uh, something I'm looking forward to as well in Orphan Black. I'm looking forward to that coming back because she's fantastic. But if the guy they chose isn't as good, it's really going to take away from the show. So I'm hoping they did uh, they did well in that case because you've only really seen like one version and then one crazy version at the end of last season to to know that there are more than one, uh, really. So once we get a look at some various other ones, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But yeah, I'd, that's, that's a, that's a good uh, recommendation. If, if you haven't been watching, yeah, if you haven't watched Orphan Black, it's not too much to catch up with since they're short seasons. Uh, you know, if you don't want to binge uh, Daredevil <laughs> or, or 12 monkeys or something else <laughs> you know alternate it, back and forth orphan black daredevil <laughs> binge orphan black uh and get that uh, what 20 episodes or whatever and and then uh you just start recording the <laughs> the ones that are about to air and then you can just hop right in it's too much tv or if you just record this season if you just DVR this season while you're catching up on the past two seasons, you'll have the third season to just binge as well, <laughs> just <laughs> right through. So you could, uh, you know, in in a period of, uh, you know, you could watch that would be what thirty episodes over a, a period of ten weeks. That's not bad. <laughs> just three episodes a week. Jason's available for any of your DVR planning purposes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if, if, yeah, if you need a, a, a yeah, TV scheduling services, <laughs> I, can, I can recommend how to how how you watch the those things. But but yeah, all right, those are our recommendations. Uh, as always, we'll have uh, uh, links to where you can find those uh, in the show notes. Uh, along with the uh, links to the news stories that we talked about, as well as where you can find uh, Kyle and Carl online. And uh, those can be found at tvtimes3.com slash 270. And uh, next week, uh, Amaru will be back with me. And still not sure who's going to be the guest I thought we had. Somebody emailed in and said they were interested, and I emailed them back a couple times and have not heard back from them. So maybe they weren't as interested as they originally said so somebody will be on hey kyle you available next week <laughs> this is really kyle's podcast <laughs> uh, but uh so it'll, it'll all work out there usually ends up being somebody on the podcast it was fun listeners you should try it yeah i i i set the bar pretty low so it was the uh it was the first time in a while that i i thought i had it 
planned out for like a month, you know, like without <laughs> having to go like a, a week a, a week ahead of time. But uh, you know, as they say, best laid plans. With that, the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And uh, once again, thank you, Carl and Kyle, for joining me on episode 270. Thanks. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews.